I walked out of in-game extremely satisfied with the way they handled it. All the things were, uh, you know, tied up uh, neatly, and, and they did it in in three hours. And then watching the end of Game of Thrones, I was just, um, prob- I felt like probably my girlfriends in high school felt like just extremely, like, disappointed. I can see that. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Caption Life, a podcast about the impact of comics and pop culture on life and society. I'm your host, Kevin Stolliker. I'm James. I'm one of your other hosts. And I'm Sean. I'm another host doing this in his closet. I actually thought you were in your shower because of the shower curtain. <laughs> Whatever that is behind you. It's, it's not a shower curtain. It's a, it's a window curtain. Or a, yeah, it's a window curtain. So, no, I have, uh, I have not reached to that level yet. We're going to start our first official podcast with the end, or the end game, that is. Uh, with the release of Avengers Endgame, we've seen the culmination of 10 years of storytelling in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it has become a true phenomenon, uh, and I believe that its impact will be will be felt uh, in pop culture uh, for a very, very long time to come. So uh, let's just let's start a little roundtable with like what, you, what your guys' uh, initial reaction to the film was. Uh, I'll go first, I guess. Uh... <laughs> You know, after, you know, 10, 11 years of watching these since um, Iron Man 1 back in 2008, it was, it, you know, it was kind of bittersweet to see, you know, everything kind of come to an end, what they've been doing so far. But I thought it was just an amazing movie. Uh, and I really cannot wait till this comes out on uh, Blu-ray and Central though, because I really want to watch this like back to back with Infinity War and have about uh, five and a half hours there where I'm just immersed in it and just watching that entire storyline play out. Yeah, you know, I think um, for me, when I watched the movie, I think there's like three things that really stuck out for me in terms of the movie is. in terms of scenes. So the first one that really like rose the rose. Yeah. Rose the hairs on, on my arm. So I saw is like when everybody came back mm-hmm. um, and you know, they undid the snap and like, it was just, it was amazing. Cause I know for me, I don't know about you guys, but when I watched Avengers infinity war, it had like such an emotional impact for me. Cause I left that movie like devastated and I knew it was a good movie because like, I never had a movie had that sort of effect on me before and so it's just like i felt like all hope and like you know the air was taken out from you like after watching that movie right um and then when that scene happened where you saw everybody come back like it was just funny because everybody in the theater i went on opening night like was like cheering and like throwing their hands up and stuff like that and so it was just really great to see like how an affinity war you had that hope like dash and then they just like brought it just uh, brought it back just as quickly too right um, I think the one scene, uh, where they had Captain Marvel and all the other female superheroes, like kind of form a front line to help Captain Marvel get the, uh, the iron infinity gauntlet to the, um, Ant-Man van, uh, where you just kind of see all of them, just like all the women just look like so 
badass, right? And just like, you know, we can we got this. And like telling Spider-Man, like, you know, go sit down, right? Like we we got this. <laughs> you know, it, it was great because I think like again, going back to you know, including other narratives, like I think that's gonna have a really great impact on, you know, women and girls everywhere to see themselves in that kind of light where like, you know, they don't need men to, <laughs> to do this stuff, right? And so now as much as I love that scene, after I thought about it, I was just like, did Captain Marvel really need everybody to help her? Like, <laughs> probably I'm, not. I mean, <laughs> she just took Thanos' like, ship out by herself. Like, I don't know if she really needed everybody to help her, but that scene, I think, is just going to have a really strong impact. So, I'm interested to see where they go with her story later on, and we're going to get off topic, and I'm going to jump double back to this. But... Um, it's the same problem that the DC has with Superman and has for such a long time that he's just so powerful right. that you have a hard time finding a good adversary for uh, him. Uh, and I think she's going to have a similar problem, but I do like the way they minimized her role and allowed the people who were less, less powerful um, to like sort it out. I'm glad that it really was a fourth Avengers movie featuring the, the same Avengers that started um, the, the first one. Right. Um, and just like you, the scene where like once, once Falcon said on your left, I was yes. just like, like the 10 year old that fell in love with comics was, yeah. uh, was awakened inside of me. And I had been waiting. I mean, there have been so many iconic scenes in uh, the MCU that have, that have stirred that, that inner child in me but like to see every single major mcu superhero character on the screen like that it was it was something like truly truly breathtaking um now i i will say this i had a slightly different reaction to infinity war than you than you did sean i know that it was it was a very very devastating um uh, you know, end into the film, but I think maybe because I'm uh, calloused uh, toward, towards certain things, uh, maybe like in my personal life, this has caused me to be this way. Um, like I knew that it was just that they were all going to come back. I was more interested in, in how they came back. Um, my son, I saw it with my nine-year-old at the time. And he's blubbering because Peter Parker um, oh my is, God, I know. got snapped away. And he's like, no, dad, Peter Parker. And I had to sit down with him. And I was like, look, dude, um, you know, Black Panther just made a billion dollars a few months ago. And, and they've, already, they've already announced that they're filming another Spider-Man movie, okay? So, so they're going to come back. It was, it was interesting to see that in the film, though, some people that – you were most anxious to see where they really did they didn't address it they left the movie like open loki they left loki open to interpretation because there's some version of loki um still hopping around the universe with mm -hmm. um the tesseract because they they alluded to that but they didn't they didn't touch on uh vision at all no. and and i felt at the end of the film like that 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 was that was something that they missed out on but if they if they did it it was strategic it's whatever whatever for whatever reason they have a plan uh to develop that down the road. well i've got a theory about that and it's probably totally off base because my theories uh in the mcu are typically awful uh but i think that uh, maybe in black panther 2 shuri 
already has visions like download backup complete. So they bring oh. vision back then, and then that kind of went leads into your uh, Hulu or Disney Plus uh, Wanda Vision is what I'm thinking. Interesting. Possibly. I do like the fact that they began to allude to um, Wanda's uh, power level in the in the show the showdown that she had with um, with Thanos at the end. Like she was like I crush you. Like (laughs) Ivan Ivan Drago from Rocky Four. Right. If he die, if he dies, he dies. Right. Uh, what the other thing that I that I took away from it was too, um, it was with them not addressing uh, Vision and with the death of uh, Tony Stark, rest in peace. Um, that <laughs> that they actually you who are listening to this. He just did like a little kiss to up into the air. Right. <laughs> there is yes. The uh, the there were real there were real stakes in this one okay like i i've always felt that at some point somebody was going to have to die for real otherwise you just get this uh cyclical and formulaic um model of storytelling where in the end the hero is always going to going to come out on top and i think that the way they handled tony's death and the way that they handled caps um, retirement was was exceptional, and e- even since then, in the six weeks since the movie's come out, the Russo brothers have alluded to the fact that uh, if he's interested in it, that there's one more, you know, Captain America story to tell uh, down the road. Uh, and would be up main to, cap. Yeah, it would be up to it'd be up to Chris Evans. Um, the next question that I had was, um, what do you what do you think is is next for the MCU. You know, I, since phase three officially ends with Spider-Man Far From Home, uh, I think we're going to have to kind of wait and see. Uh, I do think, uh, you know, all three of those snaps, well, four, actually, if you count uh, the one where Thanos destroyed the stone. So mm-hmm. one, two, so four snaps. That's going to have to have a consequence of some kind. Mm-hmm. But that might be part of how the stereo gets to, you know, the the like MCU universe from whatever universe he's been in, and then maybe that's how you get the Fantastic Four mm-hmm. and the X Men. And the X Men too, because of uh, the four snaps. Like it's got to rip a hole in reality or the universe somewhere along that line. Yeah, I think um, for me, in terms of where the MCU is going to go, I, I think the thing that I'm excited about the most, and this is going to sound a little bit morbid, but I. I can't remember another time in cinematic history where we've had iconic figure like Tony Stark, where he's made an impact on like so many lives like this, that we have a major character that died. And then the story continues beyond that person's death. Mm-hmm. Because like we, we kind of just, when you look at like cinematic movies and, 
and a series like this, like, you know, typically like when someone dies, like, you know, it tends to be it or they kind of change the story a little bit when they go beyond that. Right. I mean, but I think for this, I think, you know, we're going to see that in, you know, Spider-Man Far From Home. We're going, I, I hope what they do is they kind of address that with Dr. Strange because I'm thinking about like Dr. Strange must go through some sort of like PTSD moment where he must be struggling with the fact like, you know, he knew this whole time that in order for this to work, Tony Stark would have to die like that. Yeah. And so I wonder, I really hope that they kind of have him struggle with that, which I know they kind of did in Iron Man uh, 3 with the aftermath of the first Avengers movie. But I mean, that's like those... It, when it comes down to like comic books and movies and things like that, like it's never really about the powers. It's just about like what they do with the powers and that kind of responsibility, the psychological toll that things can go on with that. And so I think this is a really good opportunity for them to kind of uh, venture that area of like dealing with someone's death, like head on in a movie or in a movie series, as opposed to like this person died, like, you know, it's sad, then we move on. Right. And so I think that's really just a good area to kind of, you know, for you to see like how he still impacts these movies, like beyond, um, in game. And so we're going to see that in Spider-Man far from home. And I really hope we see that in some of the other movies, especially Dr. Strange. I think that, that might be a good opportunity for that. So, and, and I'll take what you would, I'll take what you're talking about and I'll comp- use it to compare two points to another, uh, important uh pop culture phenomenon that just recently ended and that that's game of thrones so i was i was extremely excited about like both in game and the end of game of thrones that you know happening within uh a month of each other uh here this spring and what you're talking about like the death of a major character game of thrones did that really really well in the first season um by killing off the 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 above the title uh, star of the show in, in Sean Bean to, to everyone's surprise. And the show was really elevated because of it, because it showed what, um, what these characters did in the, in the aftermath of that. And I think that you're right, that this is, this is a uh, strike while the iron is hot opportunity for, um, for the Marvel cinematic universe. The other thing is, is um, man did, did Marvel know how to end a story so much better than, than the writers of Game of Thrones? I don't know if either of you guys, either of you guys watch it, but like you, I walked out of Endgame extremely satisfied with the way they handled it. All the things were uh, you know tied up uh, neatly, and, and they did it in, in three hours. And then watching the end of Game of Thrones, I was just prob- I felt like probably my girlfriends in high school felt like just extremely like disappointed. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> um, like, like, wow, that's it. And uh, I hate to self-incriminate, but um, anyway, like, there. I just it the storytelling aspect of the of the MCU. Like those those people are incredibly invested in in what they produce. I think Marvel did a lot of fan service um in in the end of uh in end game and I, I i think it paid dividends on on how they were how each of those stories were received mm-hmm. you know with end game i mean that was kind of like your thanksgiving feast there i mean you've got everything there you could possibly want you know you got 
your turkey and your potatoes and your cranberry sauce, like everything like right there. And you're done with that meal and you're full and you're tired and you're happy. End game, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, Spider-Man Far From Home plays out being the actual end of phase three. Because I feel like it ended so well after um, Endgame, but we've got one more movie left. And I think uh, we're definitely going to see like uh, Peter Parker's world kind of after Tony's gone. And it's going to be kind of interesting to see how all that plays out. And then, of course, you're going to have some of Peter's friends, you know, that lived through that five years after, you know, the snapshot. So it's like you've got Peter and some of his friends being five years older than him being the same age as he was and everything. So I think that's really going to be an interesting tale. I just don't see exactly where it fits in at the end of Endgame. But, you know, at this point, after, you know, 23 movies, I think I trust them. Yeah, I think we're all in store for something that nobody is anticipating with, with uh, Spider-Man. Um, like everybody, I think we all like me, like the jaded um, version of me that knew that they were all coming back. I just was interested in how that was going to happen. Um, I think that they've they've set Spider-Man up for something like to to to, to do some reveal that's going to impact the future. Uh, of the MCU in a way that nobody's expecting. Um, It's going to introduce phase four, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But Hey, uh, if you're interested, you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at captioned life. Uh, You can subscribe to us on your favorite uh, podcast platform or leave us a message on anchor or uh, any of those services. We would love to get your, your feedback and hear what you think about this conversation. Um, uh, we hope you en- enjoyed it. We hope to, you'll come back for another episode soon. So uh, I'm Kevin uh, Stalker. I'm James. And I'm Sean. And uh, this is the Caption Life. We'll talk to you later. Peace out. See ya. Peace.